Hey guys, we have a special episode coming up. Um, this is Howlcast Syndication. Um, we have developed a program, um, and before I get into this, explaining that, I'm hoping you're not going to glaze over this. Uh, you're going to get engaged and listen to um, what we have to say because it is super important. Uh, if not more important than listening to tips and tactics and all the other good stuff that you guys come here for um, to help preserve hunting and fishing. We are syndicating an episode. We have reached out to a multitude of podcasters and they have agreed to syndicate one episode a month um, that is going to talk about what's going on in the hunting community the things that were faced, where we need to focus efforts on. Um, it's not going to be, you know, news like just read off by one person. It'll typically be me, myself, uh, Charles and Mike uh, talking about what's going on. So it'll be a full uh, normal podcast episode and um, hopefully be uh, enjoyable as it is educational. So I really hope you you get in there and you listen um, and help spread the word. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, you know, all these other guys in the podcast world have agreed to syndicate it because they see the necessity for it um, and are on board with trying to connect the industry and make it more of a community. Thank you. Let's jump into the next episode. Yeah, welcome to the Howlcast. This is a, a monthly update that we do here at Howl for Wildlife. And if you haven't heard about what Howl for Wildlife is, um, we're a 501c3. We're a, a nonprofit supporting the hunting community, primarily through developing um, advocacy tools at the website, howlforwildlife.org, where you can learn about you being hunters, anglers, people that are concerned about wildlife management and conservation, can learn about threats and opportunities that face the hunting community and our action centers where things really happen, where the rubber really hits the road for, for our community. You go to howforwildlife.org, check out the uh, action center. And basically we make it easy for people to, to become advocates for issues that are important in the hunting and wildlife management space. Um, the other thing we do at How for Wildlife is we're developing communications tools mechanisms, strategies, and, and programs to help bring, um, you know, positive messaging about hunting, like hunting being good for critters. A lot of people that don't hunt don't see that, you know, it's not necessarily intuitive that if you hunt a population of animals, that population does better. Um, but there's facts and data that support that. And so we're, we're bringing messaging to the non-hunting public about the human side of hunting and also the wildlife management side that benefits uh, animals on the landscape uh, through hunting. So we're here to develop um, advocacy tools and steer public sentiment wherever we can to support hunting as an activity that's intrinsically human and benefits wildlife on the landscape. All right. 
so uh the three of us are here today it's uh early february with with what i believe is going to be the first kind of how cast update just dishing on what's going on in terms of howl and very sick uh threats and opportunities that we've got in terms of the hunting hunting space and regulatory issues coming on online this year that we need to deal with and we're trying to trying to get ahead of um john you 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 just brought up the the hot topic of the <laughs> yes. of the year so far, which is you were talking to Dan Gates from Coloradans for responsible wildlife management about what's happening in Colorado. Should we dive in on that that first? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's. I mean, it's. I, I don't want to say it's the most important, but it's definitely important, and uh, it's definitely the a hot a hot button right now for us in in this space. So. Well, yeah. for anybody in the hunting community so yeah so we've been um just to recap for if you haven't heard about this and it's it's possible because it's new and not everybody's plugged into all this stuff all the time there's a ballot initiative um that i will say that the anti-hunting industry has spun up in mm -hmm. colorado they are out gathering signatures to get this on the ballot in november and um, they've got about four and a half to five months of window of time to gather upwards of 180,000 signatures from registered voters in Colorado to ban the hunting of mountain lions, bobcats, and lynx. Obviously, lynx are already protected, so it's kind of a null issue there. But they want to ban, and they're using the language trophy hunting. And actually defining trophy hunting in statute, which is a, a first, it sounds like, for anything that we've seen in North America, at least, mm -hmm. um, which really creates, one, it removes management of bobcats and, and mountain lions, which are, are heavily regulated, but also hunting's the mechanism for management for those critters. Um, but it's also really a slippery slope for all Western states hunting, all big game hunting, and certainly Colorado. Yeah, Mike, great, before great we go any further on this, I what I want because this is going to air on a on a lot of different platforms mm -hmm. and you're going to have people from all walks of life listening to it. And what mm -hmm. what I think needs to be hit home here before before anything before we kind of dive into the weeds on it, mm -hmm. it the understanding um or the, or the maybe the lack of understanding that a guy who hunts whitetail in Georgia should care about mountain lion hunting in Colorado. But I'm just using that as an exa example. Yeah, it's it's a great Georgia. example. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to pick something as far, far to the east or far away from Colorado as possible. Um, you know, and, and I think there it's that disconnect. Well, we see it with Alpha Wildlife all the time. That's that disconnect that the other side plays on. Um, that's going to be our undoing. You know, mm -hmm. we need we need to draw the lines. Why lion hunting in one state, or bear hunting in one state, or elk hunting in one state affects a guy who doesn't hunt those things, who doesn't live in that state? How? What? What is the connection there? Mm -hmm. Why should I, who lives in Arizona, care about what happens in Colorado? 
that I think is the crux of what we should be talking about so that people don't just say, oh, this isn't going to, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to listen to this. This is not yeah. what I, what I'm doing. Yeah. And, um, I just actually had this conversation with Dan. I was like, you know, having these conversations are already a tough thing. Like if I post a how to style, um, podcast, you know, how to hunt elk or mule deer hunting tactics thing on my podcast, my personal podcast days in the wild. If I do that, I'll see anywhere on the very low end of 5,000, but mm-hmm. on the high end of 15,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that's, that's a pretty big sway, but for the most part, it's somewhere between 10 and 12. Okay. But if I post something that is conservation oriented or uh, talking about regulations, ra- yeah, <laughs> I get, I can get less than a thousand, but yeah. I, if, if I got a thousand to 1200, I'd be, mm-hmm. that's 10% mm-hmm. of what my normal, you know, 1200 to 12,000. That's a big discrepancy. And yeah. it just goes to show me, it goes to show and it shows me that it's very obvious that people don't want to listen to things that they don't think affect them or I don't like to think this way, but they possibly don't care, you know? Sure. So, um, I think it's more of that. I think it's just if, so let's say there was a conservation issue. I call it a conservation issue. Let's say there was a anti hunting issue in whatever person's state. Do they still care? I, I think that's what it is. Um, now that being said, there's a certain subset of people who do care, and there's just a certain set of people who don't want to get involved in let's just call it politics. Mm-hmm. So even if it is in their state, they're just like, ah, that's boring. This is gonna depress me. I don't want to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um there's probably some of that too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So back yeah. back up to what you're saying, John. Like, okay. If a person is in Georgia and they hunt whitetail, I think that's what you said. Why should they care about uh, mountain lion hunting or the potential to lose mountain lion hunting in Colorado? Yeah. Now, connect the dots for break. Me. Well, well, I'm not. I think. I mean, I know what you're saying, but there's a lot of ways to consider that. Which which angle are you talking about, or is it all of the above? Is it the angle? I'd say all of the above because because yeah. any given individual might have a reason to care if they knew all the reasons. Yeah. So are we talking about people who might someday come to Colorado to hunt? Like they have points in Colorado. Sure. Are we talking about because mountain lion, they, they can affect populations of say mule deer in Colorado or elk in Colorado. And then that person in Georgia, they might, they might come to Colorado someday. So they'd be concerned for that reason or, are they concerned because the battle that's happening in Colorado will someday get to your state? Which, 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 what, what, what is it we're talking I, about? I here? think we need to talk about all of those. And I also think yeah. how we should talk, we should also talk about how losing something in one state minimizes our national voice. I think yeah. Yeah. that that's why I'm saying we need to connect all the dots because it's, it's really important for, the listeners of this this segment or this podcast to understand why why should I pay attention? 
why should I keep on listening to this? Oh, they're going to talk about Colorado. I don't live in Colorado. Why should I listen to this? There's you know, a third or fourth aspect of why they don't care. Why, why that we'll pick up, we'll pick on the Georgia white tail hunter. Um, just for example, like you said, there's another reason why they don't care because they don't think they can affect the outcome. Mm-hmm. And, 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 oh, and, yeah. and, and that, and that goes across, you know, even, even the Wyoming hunter that I talked to at, at cheap shows, like, ah, oh, yeah, it's like sucks what's happening in Colorado. They're neighbors. Like, I think he cares but he doesn't know he can affect the outcome. And I think that's one of the most critical things that we need to drive on all of this is that no matter where you are, we can go into why it's important, no matter where you are, what you hunt for you to care and get involved. It's that you can affect the outcome too. Sure. Sure. And you know, in this particular instance, we're going to be talking about a ballot box. So there's even more of that. They're like, Oh, well, I'm not a voter in in Colorado. How Mm -hmm. do I get involved? Uh, We definitely should talk about that. Um, Actually, Dan brought up something in my podcast that, uh, or in our, our podcast, I should say, that was also another reason why I think people throw their hands up. Um, he was he mentioned he's like I was appointed in you know this position and this position and this position by a anti hunting governor and uh, in a in he had. Uh, a lot of unfavorable um, legislators that don't really care about hunting uh, affirm him and, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, you just said something that's really important because I think a lot of people throw up their hands. They're like, Oh, well, I'm not going to get involved because I'm going to, we're going to lose anyway. That that guy's an anti hunter or this is, uh, you know, a waste of my time because, you know, the last time I spoke up, we lost it anyway, because, it, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle. So I'm not going to get involved. And his example to me is like, well, I mean, if you've ever seen Dan, he's like the textbook encyclopedia poster boy child of what like a, a trapper looks like or what, a, you know, um, and, and I, I said, yeah. not to offend you, but like, you know, you're you're what the, the anti-hunter's paint as a fud like like you are that he's, he's the grizzly right? mountain man that, yeah, exactly. that they would put so, that they would take as the, the caricature of what they yeah. don't want so my point is like if a guy like him could get appointed into these positions by somebody like well, i hate to say it like them that mm-hmm. are very anti what we're trying to do then there is hope you know, there, there, there is an open conduit, uh, an open dialogue that you can be involved in. And however minimal you think your message or your money or your time spent is, it's still an inch forward, you know? Yeah. Like the well, this, this attack on mountain lion hunting yeah. has happened four times already. This attack on the mountain lion has happened four times in Colorado. So three times at the commission, the commission said and said, no, we're not, we're not going to eliminate mountain lion hunting. And once at the Senate, you know, in the legislature and the senators, you know, they, they bend to the wind of the, of the voter, the political winds, mm-hmm. you know, direct what, what way they go. And while many of them may be anti-hunters, many of them may be neutral, but easily, but, but we assume they're going to be swayed towards the anti-hunting movement. Voices came out nationwide 
in support of mountain lion hunting, in support of wildlife management through science, right. in support of CPW at that Senate hearing. And, you know, four of the five senators that sponsored the legislation fell away and it, it, it died in Senate committee in committee four to one. Right. So, so right there, if those senators were all putting their fingers up in the wind to test the political winds of the voters in Colorado, and they sensed that the voters of Colorado strongly wanted this, they may have gone forward with it as, as electeds. I think the fact that it failed there indicates, and it actually corroborates and supports what we're being told about this issue in the landscape today is that it is not a strong, if there's a strong, if there's a favorable, there's sentiment towards a yes vote on banning mountain lion hunting and bobcat hunting in Colorado is a slight, they have a slight edge. Mm -hmm. They don't have a strong edge. Right. And, and that means that the, the hunter in Georgia that aspires to becoming, you know, going to, going to hunt mule deer someday in Colorado or the hunter in Tennessee that doesn't want HSUS popping up in his backyard or their backyard to tell them how to manage their whitetails or not manage their whitetails, et cetera, or bring panthers and wolves back to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You know, if they don't want HSUS on their doorstep, then those hunters in those other states need to, it benefits them to draw the line here in Colorado and join, join us nationally to bring the fight to Colorado. Yeah. And, I, and those are all like super important uh, points. And I'm just going to come out and say, I want, I want to come out and spell out some other things that are how this affects you. Mm -hmm. You're not a, you're not a, none of us here live here in uh, None of us here on this call are from Colorado, mm -hmm. but it affects all of us. And if you look at it, um, kind of the way you were talking about how the you know how politics work. We have a voice. We have a voice as outdoorsmen, sportsmen, however you want to label us. I like outdoorsmen. Um, if if we have a voice, and our voice is our actual voice, our uh, speaking up, saying what we want, but it's also the money that is generated from what we do that goes back into conservation. So let's take, if you lose mountain lion hunting in Colorado, there is a portion of hunters in Colorado that only mountain lion hunt, just like you are a, you know, diehard whitetail hunter in Georgia. That's your thing. You do that. If you lose percentage of population that only mountain lion hunts okay you just lost a portion of your national voice and it this trickles down okay you lost a portion of your national voice colorado just lost funding from those tag sales because all those people that are buying lion tags are no longer buying like uh, excuse me tag lion tags and now that money is not there. So that minimized your national voice. It also, now there's less money for Colorado Parks and Wildlife to manage deer, sheep, elk, all the other 
big game species that are hunted in Colorado and the non-game species, by the way. Okay. So now potentially there's going to be less opportunity because there's some less money there. Okay. You look at it from another standpoint, which Charles mentioned, more lions on the landscape, less management of lions means they're going to be probably taking more of the other game species that you hunt, like elk and deer. So that opportunity is going to go down. And once that opportunity goes down, there's going to be even less money, which minimizes your voice a little bit more. So like, you got to like, look at it's, it's death by a million cuts. Okay. You don't realize that you're bleeding out because you've got a bunch of little cuts, but you're bleeding out. There's these little things and it's connected directly to you. We all pay into the same, uh, you know, pot, so to speak, federally. Mm-hmm. Now, on a state level, we don't, you know, our, our state funds don't cross lines, but federally, we all pay into the same pot. pot. <clears throat> and nationally, we all have a collective voice. So anything that takes away a little bit of that national voice is going to affect you. And you, you don't realize it. You don't think it does, but it's not seemingly affecting you, but it's affecting you. Yeah. So, and the and the anti hunting industry capitalizes on that because they oh, they they fundraise. Heck, they fundraise internationally. They fundraise across state lines all the time. Absolutely, and and they they know that the the outdoors community hunting angling. It, is is fragmented and and very species specific you know we focus on the species we're interested in and we focus on the method of take we're interested we focus on the state we're interested in right and they capitalize on that and that's why you know there's so much of a sentiment like well we keep losing it's like well because we're not in the arena like we're not right we're not not in the arena where the game is actually played and so um and that's why i'm optimistic i'm optimistic because it's not like we've been so good at this this it's not like we've been honing the skill of fighting the anti-hunters oh we've been for the last 20 years we're 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 just getting started like we're just getting out like the stone age tools ourselves and 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 learning what to do and so there's so much upside to getting every hunter involved at a grassroots level as well as at a a small monetary donation level like literally if everyone take take half of a box, whatever it costs, a half a box of shotgun shells, half of a box of, you know, sure. your, your center fire rifle, you know, cartridges that you hunt with, like that donation alone, if everybody steps in, like we, we squash this thing successfully um, where it stands in Colorado. And yeah. so that's, that's, that's so key. And it's not even just that, like, well, if you think about all the time that we spend preparing for a hunt, scouting, running trail cameras, uh, yeah. shooting your bow. And and you take all this time and all this effort that goes into looking at gear and whatever. It's, I mean, a couple man. minutes are needed. Just a couple minutes. Right. You know, if you took 2% of that, 1% of that time spent and effort spent and you put it towards this, we would, you know, we would be unstoppable. Yeah. You know, Charles, Charles I, you look like you want to say something, Charles. Yeah. Sorry. 
I was having a million things in my brain. I'm, yeah. I was probably moving so, my mouth open because of my I'm just congestion is actually what's happening. Because you're dying. No. <laughs> so like what you get back to is this national voice. And that's first of all, we either have a national voice or we don't. We either are gonna use it or we don't. And mm -hmm. so yeah, the person in Georgia, a win or lose in Colorado was a win or lose for that person in Georgia, whether they realize it or not. And what both of you were saying and mike was just touching on you know we're starting from zero uh here because you know we haven't done it really before so he's optimistic i am too this I is definitely what hal does and what hal has been doing mm -hmm. on this specific colorado issue um to it's a perfect example because all we can do which has been extremely powerful is distribute information um make sure people in all states know what's going on in colorado and if you're not in colorado what can you do if you're not in colorado well right now you can give money and i think just yesterday so the only state and this is crazy we're, we're down to this. one There's, we're, we're down, down to one, one we're down to one state now <laughs> uh we call save the hunt colorado the this you know the C Coloradans for Responsible Wildlife Management and and now the Issues Committee the only state they haven't got a donation from is Hawaii. <laughs> Come on, Hawaii, <laughs> they've got a step state up. From, they've got donations from every every other state, and that's just not one donation. Um, yesterday, I think there were sixty three donations that came in mm -hmm. to CRWM, and like all but thirteen of them were were oh. out of state donations. So awesome. that that is huge, and yeah. yeah, we are we are a juggernaut if we come together. We are bigger than the anti-hunting, um, whatever you want to call it, conglomerate coalition. If Abbott. we actually if we actually all come together, yeah. and what I mean is, and that's sportsmen. That's that's hunting and angling and and shooting sports. And you know what, sportsmen? Who was I listening to, Mike? Was it? uh oh 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 it was andy stump uh cleared hot he had on tom opry um who does the shepherds of wildlife and, and all that but he had him on his podcast and they're talking about sportsmen and like that word and andy said it's it means you're giving the animal a sporting chance which means it's fair it's not a sport it's not, it's not like, frivolous right? it's not yeah yeah, yeah and that's and another, that's another word like those they're, they're, they're they manipulate the words yeah so like oh recreational means it's frivolous and f full of folly no it's just non-commercial it means i can't yeah. go out and sell it like recreational is the opposite of commercial sportsman yeah. means like you said thank you for that because i've i've wondered um yeah that, that never had anything to do with sports and he actually went back in history and talked about sporting. where where it kind of came from about giving something a sporting chance you know mm -hmm. it has a chance it's free range and and uh give it a head start yeah we gotta get we gotta get tom on uh that guy's he's man he's awesome but anyway that's where i heard that yesterday but yeah they take these words sportsmen uh trophy, trophy. hunting is is a is a huge one where I mean, they're placing their bets on trophy hunting. They're placing their bets on their definition of trophy, Hard. saying we just go in and 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 take the head. I mean, and, and and we have laws in a lot of states that prevent that. Number one, 
specifically in Colorado, there was a law preventing that. You must take the edible meat out of there. But it's not the law that's forcing people to take the edible meat out also. Right. That has to be a huge right. understanding. And that's evident and, in all those other states that don't have that law. In particular, yeah, right. And particularly with, with mountain lion because it's crazy delicious. Now, I'm only, I can only, I haven't had it yet, but I can only say that from the people who have eaten it and they're like, it's so good. Like, it's not just edible. We need I, a mountain lion edible like cabbage. It's actually, it's extraordinary. Right. You we, know, we need a so, predator game meat festival in Denver this, this summer, like free, like $5. You know, if you say you're an anti hunter, it's free. If you say you're a vegan, it's free. Like just, we need to, we need to put it, like make it just an absolute media circus out of people walking in, getting a donated taste of, mountain lion tacos and bear carnitas and mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah that'd be so, that would be so that would be so amazing because because carl's what you're getting at is their entire this called the colorado issue and, and the anti-hunting trade like they did this in california with the bear with trying to outlaw bear hunting they hang the whole thing on trophy hunting oh if you take a picture of it it's a trophy now which is such intellectually like just so complete nonsense um well, it's just bottom line. It's, it's a, a lie. lie. Like it's it's it's, it's such a lie, and it's yeah. not it's not difficult to demonstrate that it's a complete lie. So they're betting the entire thing on their voter base being deceived. Yeah, hundred percent. Which I think most voters, whether they agree with the hunting issue or not, they, they a lot of people immediately get a little bit they get their hackles up if they know they're being lied to. And it's clearly evident that it goes against CPW's recommendations, as yeah. as shown in their recent presentations on on Bobcat and Mountain Lion. It's clearly against the legislature. The legislature voted against it, um, mm -hmm. and and the commission has voted against it, like you said. So now it's it's a lot harder to lie to the legislature, and because it, it's easier to reach them and have meetings and get them set on you know what's true and what's not. Um, it's a lot harder with the general public. So they are relying on lies to get this passed, which is just absurd. It's insane. That's, that's, ins that's dangerous. And they're not, you know, these groups, they call themselves conservation groups. If, if they are going against um, presentation from biologists time after time, after time, after time, after time again, they are not a conservation group. No. They're clearly they they clearly tell us what they are, and they're just they're an anti hunting, anti human, they're social anti wildlife. It actually makes them anti wildlife. They're bigots. How many wildlife experts have to say this is a bad idea? When Stephanie right. Cmet came and said spring bears is is sustainable, and we have populations in Washington, what did Washington Wildlife first say? They call themselves a conservation group. No, we're against it. Right. And that's how we want the commission to go. What did they say when the presentation was given about mountain lions and bear recently in Washington from their staff? Nope, we're against it. They're against the science. They're against wildlife yeah. science. They're against wildlife. And they're, they're, they did the exact same thing and are doing the exact same thing in Colorado. Yeah. And in fact, it's the same people. It, yeah. Again, Samantha they work, they work across. To, who was yeah. in Washington is now in Colorado saying, you guys are just trophy hunters and we are against the science and we are against wildlife again. And we're going to lie to the public to get them to vote our way. That is the bottom line of what's happening.
Yeah. And that's why I think we can win because we got to expose that lie. Nobody appreciates being lied to. So somebody's out of state. Let's just, just get to where the Colorado situation is now. The ballot, they're, they're, they're starting to collect signatures, assuming they're successful with collecting signatures. It goes on the ballot. How does somebody from out of state or in state, let's look at the two of them. How does somebody from out of state affect the outcome if we know that there's this big lie that's being presented to the average non-hunter? And then how does somebody in-state affect the outcome? Let's look at somebody's out of state. We're asking them to get involved. We're asking them to 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 commit to supporting this because it, it will benefit them and the rest of the hunting community. How do they help out? Well, I think those tactics, those you know, things you can get your hands on, those are like those are being worked on right now. Mm. You know, so what to share. Um, is it what money? You, like, what, is is money part of the like the out of state oh, person? Is it is it largely? Oh, yeah. oh it's always like, going to be money. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> of course, that's the simple one. Yeah, if you can, if you can give money, of course, that's that's one way you can help. Because what's that do? I, what's what's fifty bucks buy? Like, what is the what is that money going to go to in well, the, between now you, and November? I can tell you so far what it has gone to. Um, it has gone to a week after. In September, when this initiative would drop, was dropped, um, Initiative 91, mm-hmm. um, a week after there were, within a week, there were liar, lawyers um, hired and a campaign strategist and all that. And it was immediately in court challenging it at the challenging the title mm-hmm. of uh, something about trophy hunting. Um, that was done within a week. So, and then throughout the next few months, basically that money was used to delay um uh the the other side the anti-hunters from being able to start gathering signatures so that's just one example so we got four months like four months of delay by by leveraging the legal strategies available yeah which only happens if you've got a team that's knowledgeable and 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 good right at this and so that four months of delay compresses the amount of time that they have to get signatures and which further compresses the amount of time that they're going to be able to invest in advertising to the non-hunting public. Yeah. I mean, basically if you're going to fight something at the, you know, ballot level or, or whatever level, it's going to require a team. Um, and that's where the money has to go. So messaging, yeah. marketing, advertising, polling, um, events, traveling, all the stuff that it takes, you know, to win an election, essentially. Paid media. You know, that's that's where money goes. Yeah, media. Yeah, buying, buying ads. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you name it. Um, that's where all the money goes. But I was I was thinking before, like, what does a person do yeah. besides money? Um, they're I, currently right now. The battle is like you know we're we're kind of getting our sides together, right? Right. So right now it's with the sportsmen. Hey guys, here's what's going on. Let's organize. Let's raise funds. Let's give you information that you can share. Let's let's get you update up to date on what's going on so you can talk about it intelligently. And how do you share that? That's the kind of things that you know we're kind of building right now. When I say we, I'm talking about like whoever's running the show. I'm just aware of what's what's happening. Right. right. But <laughs> those are things that you can do sitting at home if you see something on on Instagram and it says, Hey, go to this link to share the seven tenets of, of, you know, the North American model. You can download those, download those to your phone, 
and get those shared out on your on your platforms. What uh, accounts what accounts should people be following to stay informed about Colorado themselves and then also help sh share that content out to other other the rest of their community? Howl, Howl, CRWM and Howl. Howl and yeah. CRWM. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's there's a lot of people helping, right? Mm -hmm. Sharing that. But I mean, it's it's all it, essentially it's originating at, at CRWM. Okay. And then, you know, we'll we'll see that and just get that out to more people or email it to more people or all of our top secret lists that we have or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? To get the information out. Um, that's our goal. Yeah, top secret. Um, that's our goal. It's just how do we get the person in Georgia and Florida and, and Maine California. and California to know what's going on here and to yep. contribute however you can. And that has been successful so far. It's been wildly successful so far. It's been way more successful than, than, than the entire campaign um, where Colorado was faced with, should they bring in wolves or not? Right. So as far as organization and fundraising, and I mean, you name it, it's like exponentially more successful in just a few months than that entire 17 month campaign. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but people learned from, from that loss, but this is a big thing you got to understand. Um, here's a comment and we get these all the time and they frustrate me, but Colorado is over. It's the next California. It you woke up too late. I don't know. Something like that. But anyways, there's no yeah. way, you know, you have a chance or if it goes to the back. That's a quitter. Like, like seriously, that, that exactly is what a, I was saying that earlier. That is a yeah. quitter who's never been in the fight themselves. Like, but, like but that, understand that is this, though, understand this on that. So that whole is as disorganized as apparently it was the wolf, the wolf thing in Colorado. It lost by like 1%. Yeah. It, was a small it, loss. It, it ended up being 33,000 people changed uh, the outcome of that vote. That's mm -hmm. it. And there are some really wild numbers in different states, but the amount of people who buy uh, hunting licenses or tags who aren't registered to vote is yeah. absolutely insane. Now, I, I saw a number in Colorado, and I'm, it's like some people say, yeah, it's true. Some people say, ah, it's a little less than that. Regardless, the number's too high, but I saw a number that said, what was it 74%? Or yeah, I just, I don't believe that enough to repeat I don't either, it. But, let's but we have it. heard that there's like 100,000 or 150,000 hunters, yes. like hunters, anglers that hold licenses to go play in the woods and, and, and harvest things that didn't vote at all. Who aren't registered to vote. Now, just, yeah. in, Cal just in Colorado, that changes the outcome of that. Yeah, vote. completely changes the outcome. Yeah, so... So you can't say three times over. you can't say yeah three times over you can't say that my vote isn't going to matter or I can't change this bullshit if yeah. you actually went and took three seconds out of your day to check that box and everybody did that and you registered the vote you can do that right now it's super easy online however you know I mean like you can do it anywhere um, bullshit it changes the outcome of that yeah we win that I game mean, we win we win that yeah. game I I use the the football analogy that. <clears throat> too often we are we're all out in the parking lot you know two kegs in 
and 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 barbecuing and complain about the refs while the other team is in the field <laughs> on the third quarter just run up and down the field yeah it's like like you know let's just at least get into the field get in the arena and make a try at it and start to start to you know move the ball an inch at a time like no it's not going to be all touchdowns but we need to start moving the ball and so that person that said oh it's over it's only over if you're if you remain sidelined and remain in a quitting position, yeah, right? Um, but thankfully, there've been there've been wins and there've been there've been opportunities to show that this works. You yep. said sixty three donations came in yesterday. Where are these donations coming into? And if I want to be the sixty fourth donor, how do I do that? How do I how do I get money resources? I'm following CRWM now. I'm following how. How do I get resources financially into this fight um, to see see this thing go positive? Save the hunt, Colorado.com. Okay. And go to donate. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Save yeah. the hunt, Colorado.com. That's that's the resource where people can make donations. That is the yep, that is the group that is so I'm saying this, you know, like from how I just know because I talked to him on the phone or I or you know, I just know this information. None of this goes through how at all right. whatsoever um that's the organization that is spearheading this fight and again they're the ones that have the lawyers and the pollsters and the campaign team and the marketers and the messages the whole thing they got all that right so that's where the money needs to go yeah they're, they're set up or organizationally they're set up in a way to <clears throat> to make these fights like they don't buy land yeah. they don't do tree work they don't do no. forest work they they are they are well a lot of other orgs that we support and love do work for the critters. CRWM is set up in Colorado to do the advocacy work on behalf of the hunting, angling, sportsman, outdoors community, wildlife management community. Yeah. And register to vote. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to speak to something specific about right? what you just said. Um, I think what happens and I know it, it happened or I used to think this way probably five or six years ago. I am a um, supporter of RMEF, Mule Deer Foundation, uh, National Wild Turkey. Like I support probably five or six national organizations. Mm -hmm. So I think what happens a lot of times, and I know it happened to speak from my own personal experiences. In my head, I'm like, well, I'm a Sportsman's Alliance and I support SEI. I'm sending my money to these people and that's all I need to do. They're going to take care of it for me. Checks the box. I, I've, I've done my part. I've, you know, I'm shelling out $600 a year between mm -hmm. all of them and I've done my part. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that especially with the critter organizations not necessarily sportsmen's alliance and and SEI but but the critter org, orgs they're all 501c3s they all have a certain mission and they have to operate within that mission uh to maintain their c1 uh 501c3 status and they were designed to put critters back on the mountain do mm -hmm. You know, uh, habitat restoration, um, yada, yada, yada. So 
they're not really even allowed to get involved in a in a political manner, or they are to a certain extent. And we're 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 learning all this as we go along, uh, navigating this this part of it. Um, but they're only allowed to get so your your funding how the is is going to a good place. And I'm not saying stop doing that. This is not mm -hmm. what I'm saying. You it it doesn't give you the license to sit back on your haunches and not get involved in things because chances are that money is not going to protecting your rights. Right. Hey, expectation yeah. is the mother of disappointment, right? If you expect RMEF to do work that puts more, that gets involved in elk human conflict issues or elk habitat improvement, elk wildlife crossings, you are expecting the right thing from RMEF and they're really freaking good at it. If you're expecting them to, to get involved and, and drive, you know, 50 state advocacy to support bear hunting in California, it's not their thing. Like no. it's just that you will be disappointed if that's what you expect. And I, I lived, I lived that myself two years ago. Um, if you expect Howl to buy land, to commit, you know, to dedicate to, to antelope, you know, in, in Prescott Valley, um, in Arizona, like how's not going to do that. Like you'll be we, disappointed we might. <laughs> we might. Did you, with John there. We might, but we might. Like, we're, like, we're you'll, you'll be enough. disappointed. You'll mostly be disappointed that Hal's not doing that. But if you, if you expect Hal to inform you and give you an advocacy portal where you can efficiently and effectively drive, you know, drive, uh, drive your words of support towards something at a regulatory level, you will be happy. And so I think it's just the key is that, like you said, like that they're, they're good at what they do, mm -hmm. but they don't do advocacy. And in this realm with Colorado, CRWM is the C4, is the, is the, is the organization right. that is designed for the purpose of, of, of getting the team together and funding, paying for, through mostly donations, paying for a battle at the ballot box that we can win. Well, well, I mean, that's a perfect example right there. So we're an organization. Mm -hmm. We need money. Mm -hmm. And we recognize that we can't do what CRWM is doing for this right. specific, you know. Normally, we could be very effective because we can get people involved and have them voice their, their opinion. Where this, because it's a ballot thing, yep. it's specific to voter, voters in Colorado. Um, so we can't, you know, we, at, at some point we could probably get involved in that to organize people that are, you know, but actually checking a box on a ballot, we cannot do. Yeah. Um, so Hal recognized that we would love to see your donations come to us, but we know that the most effective way to win this is to have that money go to the tip of the spear, which is CRWM at this yeah. point. Save the and, hunt, Colorado.com. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I, maybe I, I feel like we didn't really do a, a great job because we're sitting here talking to us three um, on on, and, and we know the issue. Like so what's the really what's the like, really like, How do we recap it? Like we know that the, the ballot really initiative. what's going on there. There's you know, a ballot but, initiative. They're getting signatures. Um, you talk to Dan. Like like fundraising for CRWM is happening. They mm -hmm. they want and need donations. 
what's the what are the other kind of most re immediate recent like tactical updates um well, tactical updates. I I think. Well, one of the things that Dan and I spoke to with at the uh, towards the end there was um, something that I've been personally preaching, and I know we at Howell have Howell have been doing it as well. Um, is becoming a better steward of hunting by educating yourself, and what I mean by that is we can win. A lot of wars, a lot of battles, if we're better players. And I and mm -hmm. what I'm saying is if we can teach our not teach our educate ourselves on the North American model of wildlife conservation, if we can have ask ask ourselves why do we hunt and put that into words in a way. And, and package that in a way that you can convey that to somebody who doesn't hunt so they can understand where you're coming from mm -hmm. and be just um, like a, a, a good conduit for, for explaining what hunting is, what hunting does, where the money comes from, where the, um, what is conservation versus preservation Education, arming yourselves with this like, like a 30 second um, dialogue that you can recall very easily. That way you can, we all interact, you know, with people who are non-hunters on a daily basis at work, you know, uh, at any different level. And if we can have these nuanced conversations with people and plant the seeds they will have a better understanding of what hunting is they will maybe have a connection with you and when the ballot comes up whether it's this one in colorado or it's going for whitetail hunting in georgia whatever the case may be when it comes up they will you will have created a potentially sympathetic mm -hmm ally uh you know they may not see eye to eye with you on everything but it's the same thing like inviting people over for you know wild game meals um you know having conversations constantly about it but portraying all the human intrinsic values of of what it is to be a hunter it, you know it can't always be about the money and it and definitely can't be about, oh, it's a challenge and I like the adrenaline rush. Like you got, listen, all hunters, we all enjoy the adrenaline rush. We all enjoy the challenge. Like it's part of hunting and we'd all be lying to ourselves if we didn't agree that that is something that is an important part, but it's not the only part. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the only thing. Like they need to see, people need to see what hunting is through your eyes, but you need to be able to do it in a way, one, that you're not going to offend people. Mm -hmm. Two, you don't want to do hunting a disservice by, you know, the last thing a person wants to hear, well, this is my right to do this, you know. Yeah, like, it doesn't. Gotta, that doesn't do well, right? It doesn't, doesn't win. I mean, it may be correct, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't right. sway the conversation. Exactly. Um,
So the goal is to, is to have conversations like you want to do, you want to do good. Now, the last thing I want to do is create an army of, of people that are going to sway people the wrong way. Um, so you need to be mindful of how you go about this. Um, and it's, it might not be something that you come up with in, in, in a week's time, you know, and hopefully we'll have some, some information for you guys yeah. to do that. I was but, talking to Garrett Weaver yesterday. Uh, we were just on his podcast and, um, he pointed out he had a friend who, anti, you know, very, you know, progressive liberal, anti-hunting mm -hmm. for all for all the reasons that you would expect her to be anti-hunting because everything she's been told, uh, you know, all the caricature, all the all the caricatures of of the hunter and and where extinctions come from and we just go out and shoot stuff and you know the, the all the trophy hunting lies all that and it where he won with her was asking her questions like why do you think that like because she'd make some statement about well you know, about trophy hunt like what do you what what does that mean to you when you say those that when you say that word what does that mean to you yeah. it was it was a lot about asking questions to unravel this really nasty ball right. of you know misconception misperception that she had and she only had it because somebody else had given it to her you right. know, and so, and it took time. It was very nuanced, but it took time. But as, as that, that ball of lies was unraveled and he could then share, well, you know, this is my experience. This is what we do. And this is what we see. And this, you know, there's, there's another side to the coin. She's now like, as she's in, she's a fervent supporter of regulated legal hunting as part of wildlife management. She's a believer. Sure. Um, and so obviously not, a, not every conversation will, will have a long, you won't have that time, right. but within all of our spheres, we do have time. Like we work with somebody, we see them every day. You can, you can lace, you know, talk to somebody five minutes a week on the issue. And all of a sudden you've steered, you've steered the ship around. Um, but a lot of it can be done with asking questions to understand why they think the way they do. Sure. And a lot of times you're going to, you're going to uncover that they have been given bad information yep absolutely. and you can't blame them for having been given bad information if we haven't given them good information exactly and that's uh, that's kind of what i was getting at is yeah let's get let's get the good information let's yeah stand it so we can we can put that out there because we have 70 years of the other side putting out this painting this picture of you as the bloodthirsty you know, Elmer Fudd, uh, you yeah. name it, think of derogatory, like look at any, any single, uh, mainstream media thing out there about hunters. It's typically negative or, you know, anti-hero, yep. you know, you name it. So, um, it's, it, I think that's an important battle to one, but I don't want to spend too much more time on that because, we got you guys, a have, to talk you guys about. have some time still because I think there's at Look, least one other topic state yeah, that, we should, talk about that we should touch on. Yeah. What's going on in Washington? Okay. I'll, so I'll start PN oh. Wild podcast. PN Wild is doing an amazing fundraiser. Those guys sat around the campfire a week or two ago and decided to do a fundraiser for How for Wildlife that everybody in North America can, can participate in. Um, they're selling a t-shirt. It's a very cool, simple, says bear hunting is conservation. They're big, big into bear hunting. We're, we're big into bear hunting. A lot of you that are listening are big into bear hunting. It says bear hunting is conservation and they're kicking down 
50% of the revenue, not, not, not the income, not the profit, but the top line revenue from this t-shirt sale, 50% they're kicking down to Hal for Wildlife. And they're going to close that out on February 26th. So if you're hearing this between now and February 26th, jump onto PN Wild's website and buy yourself a dozen or so t-shirts. Well, that's when the pre-orders end. That's when the pre-orders end. Okay. Yeah, they're actually going to keep it going past that, but that's when the pre-orders end. Is phenomenal, is that? phenomenal. Yeah, and there's been a ton of a ton of shirts. Uh, yeah. Sold well, and and to, and 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 our golly, Cameron Haynes, Go Hunt. Am I missing anybody? Those three are matching. No, I think the, that's it. Are, so far, are matching we? the donation. So. It's it's insane. So your thirty dollar T shirt that you buy to 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 advertise that bear hunting is conservation uh, yields upwards of a sixty dollar donation through the magic of matching funds to Hal for Wildlife. Massive yeah. massive support from the hunting community in a way that that. I don't know. We haven't seen, and it's just. I think. I think it's people are realizing that that the need for advocacy, the need for the right communication into these select markets is needed, and and it's going to really equip us to to help out with that. And, yeah. and why that? And why did that all come about? Being wild, yes. involved because Washington's been super involved in things going on in Oregon and Washington, and right now Washington actually we have a positive bill um, that we can get behind um charles you want to get into that or sjr 8208 the right to hunt and fish trap harvest gather all that in washington um brought about out of nowhere kind of like nobody nobody really knew it was gonna come up which is actually unfortunate but it's a bipartisan bill meaning republicans and democrat senators have sponsored a bill to get that into the state's constitution so it has to go. Th it's currently in the rules committee. It's got to get out of that. I don't know when that. I don't think it's scheduled right now. I don't know when that's scheduled. But if it does that, it goes to the Senate. Then it's got to pass through the Senate. If it does that, then it's got to pass through the House. And then uh, I don't know if it then goes to the governor on these things. But anyway, if this all passes, it then goes on the ballot this year in 2024, which is a little crazy for the uh i say a little crazy because it's like a quick turnaround on this um but the general populace would would vote on that to have that a part of their constitution or not and uh it is extremely positive and it would okay let's say what, what does that do specifically because i know a lot of people like well i already have a right to hunt and fish but well you don't for the people who say that that's it, not it's it's always going to be a privilege to do it and it's always going to be something you can lose when there's a right to hunt and fish in a state what that essentially is saying is if so all the normal processes of setting your seasons and quotas and all that are still there none of that goes away what that means is if through that process Let's just say the department determines and recommends and says, yes, you have a huntable population of deer still or elk still or whatever it is, or 
yeah, you can fish for salmon or no, you can, or no, you can't fish for salmon depending on, you know, what's going on at the time. If <clears throat> the science and the data supports you being able to hunt that particular population, then you have a right to that. It can't be taken away by anti-hunting, anti-human, anti-wildlife orgs like Washington Wildlife First when they come to the commission when they come to the commission and say we don't think you should hunt bear because bears are sentient beings and have families so some emotional reason that means they you can't lose hunting by something um as frivolous as that that's really what it means mm -hmm. if you do something wrong you can still lose your privilege right whatever you want to call it to hunt if you do something wrong it doesn't mean you can trespass it doesn't mean you can just go kill whatever animal you want at any point in time because now you just have a right to it, it doesn't mean any of that whatsoever there are rules it means that the good rules that are there where it's based on data and science that means you will get to retain those hunting rights fishing rights um when the science supports it so what it's really doing is setting up a roadblock mm -hmm. um against anti-hunters and if they do want to take something to the ballot, they would need, uh, I, I don't know what it is. Super majority? Like, like a super majority. Yeah, for something to pass. To they, basically have to, they basically have to have enough votes to, to make a constitutional amendment. <clears throat> yeah. Like it, it puts it at that level. Why would five senators uh, just walk a very clean, simple, you know, one paragraph bill out unbeknownst to the stakeholders that will benefit from it or consider it a threat why would they pop this out on the landscape what are they responding to um if you were to guess because i think i think they see the corruptness of um and the irresponsibility of the current commission in washington and how they have constantly well senator short one of the sponsors on here she brought it up they yeah. are going against the recommendations of their department over and over and over again. Right. So they've become their own kind of rogue know, Supreme rogue. court. And they're like, we make the rules and, you know, science doesn't matter. The only science that does matter is agenda driven science from biologists who are on, you know, some extremist anti hunting organization right. board or something like that. So right. <clears throat> that's why because it's getting out of control there yeah the commission's completely out of control so they're trying to combat this with a with the right to hunt and fish i wish there was a little more time on it but there isn't it is what it is and i also wish that uh more sportsman organizations would nut up and get behind it publicly and get their people involved in it instead of just being afraid of losing it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, th that that is frustrating. Um, if this gets out of the house, you know, it gets through the Senate, it gets out of the House or the Assembly, whatever you call it there in Washington, and this gets to a public vote, it's gonna be, well, it's gonna give the anti-hunting trade a two-front war. They're gonna have to deal with that in Washington while they deal with Colorado. So that that is good because it, it, you know, they have resources, but they're not infinite. Um, yeah. But it also we, we have resources, but ours are not infinite either, and ours are not always as not as well organized. But that means we're going to have 
we're going to need to get behind that ballot initiative um, in Washington. I think, I think the fact, and this is where, again, the non-hunter is so critical. Commissioners are, are seated by the governor. So there's political influence. The governor has a certain leaning. They're going to choose commissioners that might, you know, be less, by, might be biased, um, less objective. So it looks like that's happened. But those commissioners are also approved in the Senate. The senators are elected. And so I'm hopeful, regardless of outcome on this right to hunt and fish forage constitutional amendment, regardless of outcome, I'm hopeful that we can start to sway the non-hunter public opinion and sentiment to see and understand that they have a commission who's rogue and ignoring science, the best available science, um, ignoring their charter, and that politically in the Senate, we can start to put pressure on the electeds to either start removing commissioners or at least not confirming commissioners that are so blatantly flawed. And again, this is like where we, we as a hunting community will never have the majority votes. Like we just, we can't R3 ourselves into the majority. It's not going to happen, but we can get relationship, relatability and rel relevance with the non-hunting public to at least want good science to be done. Same right. thing as in Colorado. You want good science happening in Washington state and they've got a commission that bl just flagrantly ignores the best available science is coming out of their department. And so we need the general public there as well to, to, to become part of the voice that tells the electeds to get their house in order. Yep, absolutely. Well, so right now on that, you can call, we have a call um, action set up, not an email yet. Is, is, I know you, you've, we talked about this, the calling in yeah. has much more effect than an email like if you call and leave a message or you call and talk to somebody and deliver a message with the elected it has a much stronger effect it, it so you, have you set up that way because it's stronger or because it, the email function just isn't an option right now like with the way they have their their intake system set up no it is emailing is an option um it was just these were turning around in just a couple of days yeah and i just felt like Let's say let's see how many people can call that's gonna have a better immediate effect. And it's a real person, right? You know, on the other side of that call. And um <clears throat> well, I actually got to speak I, to I, I wanted yeah, yeah. When when I called, I, I spoke to a few people, I gave some left some messages. But you know, there's some some of the anti-hunting orgs they say we're 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 fraudulent because they're we aren't real people that are sending in the emails we're using bots or something like that. So I'm like, all right, we'll pick up the phone and call. Mm -hmm. So, and 398 individuals have picked up the phone and called, which that's huge. Yeah. Which means that I don't know how many senators they got through the list, but how many senators were, were there in this latest one? Is it 17? Is it still or, active? Or is this action still active? And for how long? Because we don't know when people are going to listen to this. How long will this action be effective, you think, for 
um, the life cycle or when they go to the action center, how long will we have it? When, what's our timeline to well, get involved and, and, and have a voice on this? This bill's sitting in the rules committee right now. So uh, it's up to them to vote on it and get it out of there. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but that's where the calls are going right now to the 17 sitting members of the rules committee. So if people have made it through all 17, which I doubt they did, that'd be 6,766 calls. But let's say they made it through three. I mean, that's over a thousand calls. That's that's just as powerful as maybe more powerful. I don't even know if it's comparable that, you know, probably 10 X, probably 10 X. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but one of the cool things that I think <laughs> we're going to have soon here to combat the whole email thing is you will be able to record a 30 second video and send. So you get 30 seconds to record your own video and then that gets sent to every decision maker. So now they can see your face and you're like, I'm a real person and we can follow up with it on an email, but look, these are real people. They better crank up uh, their server storage. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I think it probably comes through as a link. So, you okay. It, so it's not, yeah, but it's only 30 it's, seconds long. We have but... to crank up our server storage. Some of server storage is going to have to crank up. That's awesome. I mean, those are, those are, the, and, and that's, I mean, that's the tech difference. That's where Howl has been so different than, than other advocacy channels is, is how, how customized and precise um, the messaging can be. So basically, yeah. no matter when you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, today is February 6th. It's active now, but we will have an action item on the action center at howforwildlife.org that addresses and, and, and gives you an opportunity to, to act on this issue in Washington state. Yeah. Um, as long as it's functional. And so if you go to the action center at howforwildlife.org, um, and it's there, dive in like dive in and, and, and maybe the, maybe they'll switch to this video record, stay as a call record, calling in email, like dive in and do those actions because those actions work. And the beautiful thing is. It doesn't take much time. You can support your Washingtonians from Florida. You can support your Washington hunting hunters and wildlife community um, from anywhere that you are. And you can, you, your voice can matter in that regard. So I think it's, it's, it's so powerful. Yeah. And if we don't get this, if we don't win this, like I've heard, uh, we might not win. We, we want to have a couple of years to prepare for this. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say it dies here in the Senate or in the house, or even if it made it and it, you know, it died there, try it again. Keep yeah. going over and over. That's also what the Anna Henners do. They lose all the time and they come back and fight again the next year. You know? Yep. Stop being a bunch of freaking wimps. Yeah. Just organize and do something. Be no, they tool up. They tool up and grind away on it and yeah. keep asking their supporters for money. Like like I, yeah. I get seven emails a week between the, the three anti hunting groups that I happen to, you know, get spam from. And there it's always a crisis. There's always a crisis. They're always asking for money. Oh, they're losing um, their minds right now and, because and, the Biden administration actually decided against their uh, against their wolf uh, classification, and they're just losing their minds. They're like, yeah. "Your blood, the blood of wolves, is on your hands, yeah. Joe Biden," and all this stuff. And it's like, man, thank you, Joe Biden, for this one. 
Yeah. Even though you know, <laughs> he wasn't making the decision, but you know, wolves have there, there's a, there's a, there's a number, a management number <laughs> that they've reached and gone way beyond. They're not threatened. They're not endangered. And you, you can't treat them as such when they're, when they've passed those, those data points, simple as that. Yeah. I mean, that's just what really exposes these. That's why these groups are not conservation groups. There's nothing conservation about them. No. At all. There's no number that they will say, okay, we've reached this threshold. Let's yeah. manage these animals proactively. Yeah. There's Z, th that number in California with black bears, grizzly bears in the Northern Rockies, wolves, that number doesn't exist because as soon as that number is met, if there were such a number, they would not have a crisis to call out to fundraise with their community and they wouldn't have anything for their lawyers yeah. to do with the equal access for, for justice act yeah they would it is an industry for them like the farm that they till is the crisis of wolves aren't recovered like as soon as that crisis is gone they've lost their they have no job there's, there's um, nothing, nothing conservation about any of that. It's just, they are just, here's a crisis. Let's make money off of it. Create a bunch of lies yeah. to, uh, and, and get people who aren't paying attention to, um, to subscribe to their, to their folly. Yep. Um, other than that in Washington, there's always the commission, but you know, I don't have faith in the commission at all. I, I do think they are bought and paid for um that's just my opinion but it is important to keep showing up in numbers and giving them a hard time polite mm -hmm. respectfully and, and 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 it's great because it gets them to talk it gets them to say things which i think continually their exposes oh yeah they just can't shut up which is a great yeah. which is a great thing i think um it gives the department a chance to give their side mm-hmm even though they can only give a recommendation, but it gives everybody a chance to hear the science, mm -hmm. right? And then mm -hmm. gives the commission, again, a chance to make a decision based on science or based on whatever your agenda is. Um, that's important to not ignore that. Uh, but it's going to take, it's going to take a lot more to, to, I think, shift those, uh, shift how that whole decision-making is, is done. Um, there there is still a beaver bill that 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 beaver bill sb 5846 um we definitely brought light to that and it was on paper the bill wasn't the original bill wasn't terrible there was a section in there that talked about restricting beaver trapping i believe um but the big red flag there was washington wildlife first said in their announcement to their supporters is this is the first step to banning trapping hmm. well how is this the first step to that and then senator short brought it up in the hearing the committee member hearing that um rulemaking will be for this bill if it passes rulemaking they'll rely on wdfw for that which then of course the final decision will go to the commission and the commission she said is often you know noted for going against the department's regulation uh, recommendations mm -hmm. so this bill could turn into an anti-trapping bill mm -hmm. all right so we should do a podcast with them with the methyl beaver project mm -hmm. alexis or alexa um can't remember her last name but she called me 
and was like, hey, you know, we're kind of we're in support of this bill. Here's our intentions of this bill. Our intentions is nothing anti-trapping. And in fact, I've told those who have these intentions to lay off and to stop. And she's spoken even with commissioners and said, you guys are anti-trapping. We know you want this to be anti-trapping. You need to stop or I'm pulling my support. We're not, we have, we have no anti-trapping intentions here whatsoever. We want to have in addition to trapping, which is sometimes necessary. She, she recognizes the benefits of trapping. Um, we just want to also have relocation efforts or, coexistence efforts be available to the landowners so they can choose mm -hmm. what options they want to go. But we're not in a trapping at all on this. Well, the bill has now, and I got to tell you, it's because of the people who got involved and made a big stink about this. Mm -hmm. um, the bill has had, it now has amended language that mm -hmm. is much more, in support of um of managing beavers right not restricting trapping or anything like that but managing beavers through the use of relocation coexistence or trapping and i i have trust issues right because either way it's still going to go to the commission even though you know i think it's been made clear to them leave your anti-trapping anti-hunting hands off of this or you're going to lose a lot of support um, so I still, you know, have some trust issues, but we'll see where the bill goes. I'm kind of just neutral on it right now because it's tough to, the original intent of the sponsor Solomon was anti-trapping. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's changed it. He's changed his mind. Um, but still I'm like, all right, if this was your original intent. You, It's hard for me to trust you. Let's get that <laughs> conversation set up. Um, yeah. So more people can understand. It's an interesting conversation. The, the like the the beaver proponents. Yeah, it would be great to have that conversation that you had expanded on and, and shared publicly. It would also be great if they would go to the commission proactively and make their statement in a, in the public venue of what their intention is. And as as the beaver proponent biologists, you know, community. Yeah. what they what they know that they don't want to have happen to get that on the table um yeah. but yeah let's definitely set that i up. would love to be in support of this bill it's just you know there is obvious behind the scenes talks between the anti-hunting organizations and some of the commissioners i mean you had besides the anti-hunting organization saying this is the first step to banning trapping you had one of the most notorious commissioner show up to that committee meeting and give testimony in support of this. And, right. you know, it's like connect the dots, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. And now we know also the blue sheet that came up in November of 2022 from commissioner Rollin on beaver management. I know now for a fact, her intent was anti-trapping. Yeah. So Yeah. Hey, but you got nothing to worry about in Washington. <laughs> right. That's what they say. We don't we don't need a right to hunt and fish because there's no hunting there's no and fishing threat. isn't under threat. That was actually yeah. said. That was yeah. that was a real Yeah. The, real the other thing. the other thing that they say, and the more we get like you said, the more we get them talking, whatever the venue, the yeah. more they show their hand. Like the whole, oh, only only three percent of of 
you know, Washingtonians participate in this activity. You know, I just, I, it's like the show, tell me you're a bigot without telling me you're a bigot. Yeah. You know, tell, tell me you have a cultural bias against something that's completely sustainable and natural without telling me you're a bigot. Um, the whole, like a minority group of people participates in this. And then the, the fact that they lie so much about that, that group of people that they're talking about is, is to be sidelined. Like they. Well, but it's also that, that 3% does that 3% isn't doing, isn't responsible for 3% of the, of, of the budget or the funding, the conservation dollars right. or the, the ecotourism that, that hunting is it's uh it's so much money that 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 three percent is spending yeah. um that they don't like to they don't like to talk about that either and when they do they they massively 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 skew it it's just mm -hmm. it's just crazy the what's coming out of out of this whole rewilding thing and wildlife for all and all that where they're basically just saying ah there's not a lot of funds come from from hunters from sportsmen. Right. That's all. That's all myth. Um, yeah. It's billions of dollars. Yeah. The economic impact. It it is ecotourism. Yeah. Right. It's and it's, it's sustainable. billions and billions and billions of dollars. It's sustainable. Just stop. Like it's 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 really hard to even talk about because they're coming so far out of left field. It's like arguing with flat earthers. It's like all right, cool. I mean, I, what do you want me to? You know, it's almost useless to talk about <laughs> it's so wild i think that's a good time right now i want to i want to thank everybody that is participating in this program um of syndicating that says to me that you you get it you understand how important it is to set your um personal i don't even know what to say aside and 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 bring light to what Halfa Wildlife is doing, uh, what we're trying to accomplish in the community, and those listening in on this, um, as as you get exposed to more of this, you're you're going to understand and um, and know the importance of why you should be involved in everything hunting across the United States as a national thing and even internationally when those are presented. So yep. uh, thanks again for tuning in um, behalf of myself, Alpha Wildlife, Mike and Charles. I, I think uh, we appreciate you coming along on this journey and, and uh, listening in on this first episode of the syndication.